The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBets. I am your host, Mike Calabrese, joined by Mike Ionello from the Action Network. And this, of course, is the G5 Deep Dive, which has been picking up steam the last couple of weeks. We just went 7-2 and two in our picks last week, including a clean sweep 5-0 and oh, week 6 for our G5 High Five round robin. Other than Akron's you know, sleepy start where they're playing musical chairs at quarterback, it was, it was pretty much stress-free. So I'm thrilled that we're in that position back in the saddle. Uh, our second G5 high five round Robin to hit in the first six weeks. I said it on the show, Bowling Green shouldn't be laying two touchdowns to anyone. That was maybe the the most no-duh bet in the history of gambling. Now, seven and two a week obviously comes with some heroes attached to it. So there was more than a few to choose from. I'll go quickly on mine. I had Ball State plus 11 and a half against the Western Michigan team that uh, I'd poked some holes in their resume. They weren't as explosive on offense. And Jalen McGoy, very first play, he was Mr. Explosive. 75-yard touchdown to get it started. Nothing like catching double digits. And to see a first play touchdown go in your favor. He's the pride of Martin Luther King High School up in Detroit, the famous uh, hometown high school of George Gervin, the Iceman. So love to see him showing off his, his wheels. He was a uh, a state record holder in the four by 200 meter relay showing off those wheels early in that game. So a little bit of Maction making it all happen for us. For those of you listening on YouTube and watching, I know has got the Mac flag, the skull and crossbones flying in the background. We are all maxed up and ready for Maction to really start in earnest uh, next month, but uh, hopefully we can keep picking winners as we go. Who's your G five hero of week six. I'm going with, you know, our guy meet me, baby. Frank Harris, you know, usually we hype up Sincere McCormick, but it was the Frank Harris show. 28 to 38, 349 yards, six touchdowns. He went toe-to-toe with the Zap Dog, who we love. Bailey Zappy. Zappy's out here balling out, but Frank Harris matched him toe-to-toe. Not only did he cash our plus three and a half that I gave out, but he helped cash the over, which you gave out. Double dip. UTSA is now 6-0 for the first time in program history. And I also want to add, it is an absolute travesty that they are not ranked. They're behind Clemson and Auburn. How the heck is Clemson a better football team than UTSA right now? That is a joke. Rank the Roadrunners. Rank the Roadrunners. Rank the Roadrunners. Rank the Roadrunners. 
That perfectly plays into my best bet of the week. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Over 67, Western Kentucky, Old Dominion. And here's a fun fact about the toppers. They're the only team in the entire country, top 11 in scoring offense and bottom 11 in scoring defense. This is what I love to see. And when I look at Old Dominion, their stats, their resume, it's pretty bad. But they can do one thing at a barely passable level. And that's run the football. Western Kentucky giving up 211 yards per game on the ground. So we saw this formula work last week. They blew past it. I think Old Dominion could score 28 in this game. And Western Kentucky, as long as Bailey Zappi is slinging the ball around the yard, they're good for 42. So once this opened under 70, I was fast to jump on it. I would play it all the way up to 72 and a half. Is there any reason to pull back on the throttle for everything Western Kentucky related? No. Old Dominion runs at a very fast pace, which is another good thing that's good for an over. And I was banging on that last week. I had the over between Old Dominion and Marshall. A little bit, a little bit of Penn State homer in there. Ricky Ronnie versus Charles Huff, two of the Penn State, you know, offensive staffs when we won the, the Big Ten championship. But I, I love Ricky Ronnie as an offensive mind. They run fast. Like you said, Western Kentucky couldn't stop, you know, anybody. So I like the odds of it. You, you got Zap Dog might put up 50 anyway. So you're like you said, you need 20. Yeah, I mean, between him and Jarrett Stearns, Jarrett Stearns is legit playing his way into first-team All-American consideration, which is insane to think. I was watching this guy on pirated ESPN three feeds last year for Houston Baptist, and now he's going to be a decorated All-American. I think that's just one of the best stories in college football going. No disrespect to Zappi, who you know, essentially should be the NIL uh, compensated winner from this podcast. We've been name-dropping him for two months, but I want to make sure Jarrett Stearns gets the love, too. I also love talking about the Western Kentucky just because I love every time we say Zappy. Matt Mitchell has to put in a little Zap bolt thing. So Zappy. Pew, 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 zappy. Pew, pew. Enough with the sound effects. Let's go ahead for your best bet of week seven. I'm going with an over two. So let's hope this is an electric weekend. I'm going with the Ball State Eastern Michigan over 55 and a half. When I was going through my notes this offseason and, and making little you know notes for myself on every team and big bold letters for Eastern Michigan, I wrote good offense, bad defense, take the over. And we've seen that, you know, they had they had QB issues early on. They switched to Ben Bryant from Cincinnati. He has done better every week he's been the starter and the big thing too is they cannot run the ball so they're essentially forced to pass it which helps and you look at brian since he took over the starter you know 298 yards and a touchdown against umass 226 and three touchdowns against texas state last weekend against niu 388 yards two touchdowns so he's playing better they only had 38 rushing yards so they're just not running the ball and then ball state was a team that i know we both were kind of leery on early in the year it was you know they had a lot of good luck last year in their mac championship run the reason I love this is strictly based on what I saw last week and, and you were on it. So you knew is Drew Plitt had struggled a lot early. You know, they looked horrible. They got outgained by Western Illinois week one, Penn state stroked them, Wyoming Plitt was benched, you know, and then you saw it start to pick up Toledo, 190 yards, army, 233 yards last week against Western Michigan, 310 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. So you can kind of see Plitt's building up after getting benched, which I like to see. See Ball State starting to round into form. In the end of the day, both these defenses are horrible. Ball State ranks 109th in success rate on defense. Eastern Michigan's 123rd. I've seen enough from the offenses that I can trust them. Don't trust these defenses. Give me the over 55 and a half in a little Maction. I love Maction. I love Maction. <laughs> Certainly with a, a full Max slate ahead of them, I don't think there's any reason to back off of an explosive performance on a weekly basis from that Ball State offense. 
And now as a quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000. So take advantage of this WinBet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in the episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, time for our transition into our G5 underdog parlay of week seven. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. I'm going to stick here in Maclands. You know, the Mid-American Conference has been good to us over the years, at least on a personal level for me and on the podcast this season. I'm I'm buying on Kent State. This is a team I bought low on. I was a, a week too, too early, you know, going up against uh, Bowling Green two weeks ago. But last week, they were absolutely on fire. When you look at the performance from Dustin Crum, 479 total yards and five touchdowns against Buffalo. This, by the way, was a Buffalo defense that is not only one of your favorite programs in the country, but they held down Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina. They held them to about half of that yardage. And they even did a good job defensively through the air against Adrian Martinez when they traveled to Lincoln to play Nebraska. So the fact that he just went off is a really good sign for this Kent State offense. And a part of their their secret sauce last year offensively and the reason why they were the top scoring team in the entire country, the caveat being they only played four games, but Marquez Cooper at running back, they need to have that, that balance. And he came into the season potentially embroiled in a running back by committee, which is sometimes disastrous from a fantasy perspective. It can also be difficult to get you know continuity and momentum going as, as a feature back if you're always looking over your shoulder coming off the field. Last two weeks, 52 carries, 232 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. He's the bell cow now. I think this offense is right, and I think this is a spot where they're going to win outright at plus 210. Yeah, like I think this is a, the fun, a fun matchup between, you know, probably two of the best quarterbacks in the MAC. Uh, and, and like you said, it's, it's almost similar to Plitt. I mean, Plitt obviously isn't as good as Crum, but where I was hyping Crum up all offseason as a possible, you know, early round draft pick, like, you know, that, that Carson Strong G5 guy that could work himself into the top couple rounds. And he did not look like it the first couple of weeks. And you finally saw it last, last week, you know, he'd done it all last year. He was balling out, airing the ball all over the yard. Last week he started spinning it. And I think if he keeps that up, they're a dangerous team for mine. This actually was a hard week for me where I really didn't have confidence in anything, which almost guarantees it's going to win. Cause usually when I'm super confident, it has no chance of winning. Uh, I'm going to go with air force plus plus one seventy against Boise state. I think air force just might be really good. Uh, you know, they're, they're five and one. And they've been crushing teams that they, when they win, they crush them. Their one loss was a 49 45 shootout against Utah state, kind of a fluky game, but you know, as typical option, you know, they lead the country in rushing 341 yards per game. They're averaging 5.1 yards per carry. They have 24 rushing touchdowns on the ground, but it's not just that they're rushing a lot. You know, they're good at it. They're 14th in the country in rushing success rate. Their, their little option duo with, with Daniels and Roberts uh, has been working great. Something that I know Navy's obviously struggling with as well. But Daniel's throwing the ball a little a little bit too, which is good. He's like a decent passer when he has to pass. Last week, he went 7 for 10, 110 yards in a touchdown. When you sell to stop the run, that, that passing attack, being just competent at passing for an option team is so dangerous because you just you can't stack the box. If you know Daniels can complete the pass, 
And then Boise State's been a weird team this year. You know, they're three and three. They they lost to UCF. They lost to Oklahoma State. They just lost to Nevada. They're coming off a big win against BYU, which I almost think, you know, you could have a little bit of a letdown factor here. BYU is a big physical team. Now you got to play a triple option on a short week. So Boise State ranks 69th in the country in rushing success rate on defense. They're 99th in line yards and they're 95th in tackling. So I really like, you know, the, the struggles I've seen from the Boise State defense going up against this Air Force offense. And the Boise State offense has looked kind of one dimensional. They can't run the ball at all. Their whole offense is pretty much just Bachmeyer throwing it up to uh, Khalil Shakir, who's awesome. <laughs> He's the kind of their only offense at this point. Air Force defense isn't great, but they're eighth in havoc rate. Boise's 96th at preventing havoc and Air Force is ninth in tackling. So I don't think they're going to get burned, give up big plays. So I think plus 170 is a good number for them. So give me Air Force. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the season. It's it's interesting in the Mountain West having San Jose State taking the title last year, Boise State in the midst of, of a coaching change. It's just a, a brand new era of Mountain West football in that the Broncos can play at a high level. I just don't have that same fear of a week in and week out dominating performance. And you got to pick your spots, but for a team that's playing as well as Air Force is right now, I agree. I think that this is priced properly to go in and take a shot on them. And when you pair it up, you know, with my plus 210, you're looking at a very tasty payout. So I think that's a nice way to, to put together our underdog parlay of week seven. The nice thing about betting service academies too is like, you know, it's going to be close. You know, they'll be in it. It's going to be slow. It's going to muck it up. You're, you're, it's rare that you see like, oh, they're down by 30. This has no chance. You know, like you feel like you're going to have a shot kind of until the end, which I always kind of like as well. And now it's time for the G5 high five round robin of week number seven. The G5 high five. Should we high five? High five. As we mentioned at the top, we hit it in week six. We also hit it in week one. To get started, maybe it's because I, I don't want to break up this winning streak, but San Diego State minus 350 on a short week against San Jose State. And the reason that I really like them is the defense. It comes all down to their defense. The nine and a half scares me a little bit, a potential backdoor, because their offense is really vanilla. It's It revolves all around Greg Bell, and he needs to have you know, 140, 160 total yards for the offense, really to get into that high 20s, low 30s in terms of output. But defensively, Kurt Maddox's defense is legit. No other way to put it. He was someone who cut his teeth at the FCS level at Eastern Kentucky, put together some really good defenses three years in a row, gets the call up to work for Brady Hoke last year. They finished third in total defense, up to the same tricks this year. You can look at any of the metrics, and I know that sometimes people like to poke fun at pro football focus, but I think they get more heat on a player-by-player -player basis where they might say a top four receiver in the country is George's you know, slot receiver who's only in for 20 plays per game because they're, they're rating him on every single pattern as opposed to holistically and how he looks you know, for the whole season. But when it comes to team coverage and when it comes to ranking teams you know, on pass rush, on coverage score, on special teams, I think they do a really good job and the metrics are useful. And when you look at the coverage rankings – there's only two teams in the whole country that are ahead of San Diego State, and they both make sense. It's Iowa and Georgia. And when you watch the games, the eye test, it makes total sense to you. And the same thing when you watch this Aztec past events, they put teams in an absolute chokehold. In, in terms of their, their biggest step up in competition, they played Utah earlier in the season, a game that went to OT. 
they held the Utes to 4.4 yards per attempt. This is as elite as it gets. You look at San Jose State, the defending Mountain West champs. They've already made a switch at quarterback. Nick Nash in there. He couldn't move the ball last week against Colorado State. I think this is setting up perfectly for a really boring and potentially stressful like 10-point victory for San Diego State, maybe a 27-17, 20-10 kind of game. But I think their defense is just so good that the prospect of a team beating them, scoring three touchdowns, getting into the 20s, getting turnover luck. It's just so slim. So that's why I want to build this G5 round robin around San Diego State minus 350. It's actually being played at San Jose, which when you look at their stadium renovation, it kind of removes any home field advantage. Half their stadium is uh, more or less an empty parking lot. Uh, so, so that's something to consider. You know, this is this has been a year where you've seen home fields really get on top of some teams. A lot of teams have struggled, you know, year over year with false start penalties that you just didn't see. You know, the Aztecs are not walking into a hornet's nest playing San Jose State in the Valley. So I'm going to go ahead with the Aztecs there. Yeah, I tend not to bet them. I don't know that I've ever bet a San Diego State game just because I feel like I've no, I just, I don't, you can never tell with them. But I love this play for one reason only is because San Jose State stinks. And I'm kicking myself because I wanted to bet their team total under uh, coming into the year. I ended up not doing it. Everything went right for them last year. Everything clicked. So I, I was kind of down on them and wanted to fade them a bit. I didn't think they'd be this bad. Like you said, Starkle, I think he's hurt. I don't know. I assume he won't play. He's hurt. He wasn't good when he was in. And Nick Nash is now their quarterback who was playing wide receiver for them at the start of the year. He was like the backup quarterback last year. Then he went to wide receiver. He was like Starkle's leading target early in the season. Now he's back at quarterback. They've looked really bad. So I'm to me, this is more about I would play this more as a fade on San Jose State than I necessarily would backing San Diego State. But like you said, you 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 know what you're going to get from San Diego State. So playing a team that I do think is still kind of a little overrated because of last season. I like it. For my first play, I'm going back to the well. Minor Nation. We're talking Minor Nation. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Picks up. Picks up, baby. We are riding with UTEP again. I don't know why. I don't know that anyone's ever bet UTEP as much as us, but they're off to a 5-1 and one start. Already cleared their preseason win total. They have more wins this year than they've had in the last like five years combined. They are plus seven at home against Louisiana Tech, and I like them in this spot to keep it close. We talked about it a lot last week. You know, Hardison's playing a lot better this year. They're 31st in passing success rate. Jacob Cowling is awesome. He's gone over 100 yards as a receiver in four of his last six games. And what I like about them is the two games Cowing didn't go over 100 yards. Ronald Awat went over 100 yards for rushing. So it's like when they don't have the pass, they lean on the run. Last week, Awat had 159 yards and a touchdown. The Louisiana Tech defense is very bad, as they kind of tend to be. They rank 129th in passing success, 114th against the run. They're allowing 472 yards and 33 points per game. And this Louisiana Tech offense has been pretty good behind Oklahoma transfer Austin Kendall. It just seems like every Oklahoma quarterback is playing awesome except Spencer Rattler. You know, Austin Kendall's playing great. Tanner Mordecai's playing great. And poor Rattler's probably going to have to transfer. Uh, but anyway, they're 27 in the past success, but they're just 116th in rushing, 114th in line yards. They're pretty one-dimensional, which I always like against a good defense. And the UTEP defense has been terrific. They're allowing 22 points per game. 300 total yards, both of which are best in the conference. They are fourth in the country against the run, 12th in tackling. So I expect them to totally take away this Louisiana Tech rushing attack, force them to throw the ball, 
If they can beat him with one, you know, one dimension, so be it. But I like UTEP to keep it close here. They don't allow big plays. They're great at preventing finishing drives. And they've covered their spread in the last three games. I think they're still just undervalued because it's UTEP. And UTEP has historically been a dumpster fire. But they're really good. So I'm riding with Minor Nation here. Give me UTEP plus seven against Louisiana Tech. I mean, I love the UTEP defense. I think they've done just a tremendous job remaking it, remaking their identity, being able to have those long extended drives because their running game is multifaceted with, you know, multiple backs who can, who can pick up first down. So I'm with you, you know, we, we owe it to minor nation and yeah. UTEP to ride with them until the wheels fall off this bandwagon because hey, every week they they so good to us <laughs> every single week. They seem to be a winner for us. All right. I'm going to go bottom of the board here before I go even further off the board to a game that includes an FCS team. I, I like Akron plus 19 and a half. You talked me into it last week. I ended up watching a decent amount of that game, at least the highlights on YouTube. And after a slow start, I mean, what's going on with this Akron offense? You know, regardless quarter, of who's their new quarterback, quarterback, Zach Gibson looked awesome. <laughs> they had Zach Gibson comes in three touchdowns on the season, no picks. You know, Cato Nelson starts the game. He's someone who's been there seemingly since like 2015. And then DJ Irons, who clearly is their best option, he may be back for this game. So really, depending on the quarterback, it's still a play on for me with Akron plus 19 and a half. But what I'm waiting on is if DJ Irons plays, this becomes just a, a higher unit play for me across the board because I think he gives them such a dynamic feature at, in terms of their offense building around it. Because he's at this point, even with injuries, even coming off the bench at times this season, he's their leading rusher. He's got 246 rushing yards on the season. And as you mentioned, he did it, you know, a, a big chunk of that damage against, I think it was Auburn they played in their non-conference schedule. So this is a team that I still think is undervalued. Obviously, it didn't move the needle much last week, winning as a, a huge underdog and not only covering the spread, but winning outright. I think it's time to kind of treat them like UTEP. And it's like, until they break our hearts, until they show that what they put on film in terms of their explosiveness offensively is not true, then why should we stop believing them? I mean, Kanata Mumfield, five straight games with a touchdown, two touchdowns in the last game. So it, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's them getting premier quarterback play by max standards and going to their go-to receiver on a weekly basis. So like I said, just keep an eye on uh, DJ Irons. It's someone that I've checked in on fan tracks, on Roto World, on collegefantasyupdate.com. Everything is undisclosed in terms of his injury. So you want to make sure to check that on Twitter, Friday, Saturday, leading up to the game. Cato Nelson starting is a concern that I would, that would kind of scare me off if, if we found out that was the case, but what we saw last week, it, which helps me, especially if irons does start is he is more of a dual threat. He is more of a runner. He can use his arm, but he's not elite. So what I like about this is, you know, assuming they fall behind I thought Gibson looked awesome last week against a Bowling Green defense. We talked about being very, I mean, they held Tanner Morgan at like 59 total yards and Zach Gibson was tearing them up. So I, I like the fact that, to me, the ideal scenario, you start irons. Hopefully he keeps you in it with his legs and his arms. If they fall behind, you put Gibson in, let him throw him back into it, backdoor cover. Boom. I love it. They have they show they have two good quarterbacks. So as long as Nelson's not in there, I feel safe about that. All right. Fourth slot here in the G5 high five round, Robin. What you got? I feel like we're getting repetitive, but I don't even care because we've been winning. Going back to the boys, Fresno State. Give me the dogs. Jake Hayner, our boy, fourth in the country, 371 yards per game, 18 touchdowns, six picks. Four of them came last week against Hawaii. He had a dud. They had a bye. Straighten that out. He's still completing 70% of his passes. Even after the bye, Jalen Cropper leads the country with nine touchdowns. 
Josh Kelly's another good weapon. We still haven't gotten that Ronnie Rivers game. You know, we still haven't had the Ronnie Rivers 200 yards, two touchdowns game, which I think is coming. So that also kind of makes me want to keep backing them is it's really been all Hainer and, and Rivers hasn't been as good as we kind of expected. Wyoming's a team I was very high on coming into this year. I really like their defense. I like their schedule. They were a team I was, I was actually deciding between these two to bet to win the conference. I ended up going Fresno, thank God, because Wyoming has not been what I thought. They're four and one. Good. Got to give them credit for that. Win your clunkers. But they beat Montana State by three. They almost blew the Northern Illinois game, as we know, and almost split up the podcast. <laughs> they beat UConn by two, and UConn had a two-point conversion to tie it late in the game. So they could have lost to UConn. And then they got they got smoked by Air Force last week. Their only convincing win was against Ball State, and they had two pick sixes in that game to kind of pull away. Their defense is good, but they're not as good. They're 37th in the country in passing success, but the best quarterback they've played all year is Rocky Lombardi, probably. So <laughs> do we trust that? They're 73rd in rushing success. I don't trust their offense at all. And the Fresno State defense is fantastic. I, I know Hayner gets all the credit, but they're 25th against the run. They're third at creating havoc, seventh at preventing big plays. They have been awesome. Aaron Mosby and Kevin Atkins are absolute game wreckers up front for them. Safety Evan Williams has been a tackling machine. He's their leading tacker from state, their safety spot. He's just a force in that secondary. And I think this Fresno State defense is good enough up front to force Sean Chambers to beat them with his arm. And I don't know that he can. So I'm going to take Fresno State. You know, they're three and a half favorite. I don't really want to lay the hook. Although I'm, you know, if you wanted to bet it, I'm, I'm, I am confident in that as well. But for the sake of this round, Robin, I'll throw him in as a money line, minus 155. It's not a bad price at all. I think Fresno State beats Wyoming. I don't, I don't trust the, the Cowboys. So give me the dogs. The home field in this case is worth so much. If this was, you know, being played in the Valley and Fresno State was the home team, I would be comfortable laying 13 and a half, like right up to that two touchdown mark. But going to Laredice in a place that's, you know, there can be wind conditions. There's not, I I did look at the way it's not as windy. It's like seven miles an hour. I I had to check that for sure. That is good to know (laughs) because Jake Hayner, you know, he's not exactly the most physically imposing quarterback in the world. I wouldn't say he's, you know, has a pop gun arm by any stretch, but if I knew a little bit more about the injuries that he's been dealing with, it's nice that they, they had a bye week in there and that they can come in healthy I still like them, but I agree. I'm just a little bit apprehensive, enough so that you don't want to get hooked in a game like that. So going at minus 55, 155, I think that's a, a fair trade-off in terms of the value you're getting, and you don't have to worry about that backdoor cover. All right, for my last play here, you're going to want to go ahead and check when Win Sportsbook puts this live. So I'm going to have to kind of give a caveat you know, where I would take this to. But I will certainly take the Yale Bulldogs plus seven and a half traveling to stores, Connecticut to play against the Yukon Huskies who are winless on the season. Not a very good football team. Don't have a head coach anymore. They got interim tags. They, this is a sinking ship. They got quarterback injuries. They just lost to UMass. And for Yale, this is the first time playing Yukon since 98. This game matters to them. You, sir, have the boorish manners of a Yaley. And on top of it, when you have an absentee coach on the other side for Yale, you got Tony Reno, who's a great coach. Like I I went ahead and did the deep dive on the Yale program. He was an Eddie Robinson coach of the year finalist about seven years ago, where they combined both FBS and FCS, almost won national coach of the year. He's won the Ivy two of the last three years. He's done a great job offensively, but this team has been special right out of the gate this season for their defense. They're 10th at the FCS level in terms of total defense, seven and a half tackles for loss per game. And they've only turned the ball over twice the entire season. So even though they were breaking in a new quarterback, Griffin O'Connor is now their QB one. 
they're not seeing a huge drop off because he's not turning the ball over. And he's also doing a good job of distributing it for different wide receivers with 10 receptions or more this season. You know, my wife was knocking on my office door and I was like, honey, I'm watching some Yale cutups on YouTube. And she said, well, at least have the decency not to lie straight to my face. I'm like, no, really, I'm watching Yale football in here. And I've seen enough. I think that the Bulldogs are going to be in this game for four quarters. If you can get it over seven and a half, I saw it at one offshore at 10 and a half. Honestly, I think it's worth a sprinkle on the money line too, because football for all of the arguments where the best players win, it's the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. UConn doesn't have a very good team in terms of their roster build. They also have no motivation. And this is a sport that things can fall apart quickly if you're not playing with that intensity and you're not playing with that emotion, playing for your brothers. And all those things that sound like cliches, but you see it borne out in the tackling and the blown coverages. I think you're going to see a lot more of that on Saturday. I love Yale here. Any number over seven, go with the Bulldogs. I love the chemistry and serendipity with this podcast because I had the same exact conversation with my fiance last night because I'm actually writing up this game for the Action Network site. And she sits down on the couch and looks at my computer screen and says, why the heck are you writing about Yale? <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm writing the Yale-UConn game, which by the way is kind of exciting. Obviously I'm from Connecticut. So this, this little nutmeg classic is near and dear to my heart. 50th meeting between these two schools. Sports gambling just launched in Connecticut this week. But you can't actually bet on these teams if you're in Connecticut. They have the weird in-state loss. So the only people who could bet on this game are people like me who are from Connecticut but now live in another state or absolute sociopaths if you're betting Yale-UConn. But <laughs> there may be money to be made. Like you said, motivation is, is the key here. Yale's a good team, Ivy League team. You know They're always going to play hard for their coach. UConn has given up on the season. And, and the biggest evidence to that, not only with Randy Edsel, you know, quote-unquote, retiring. Randy Edsel is ready to go. But... Kevin Mensah is the guy we talked about kind of early in this year. He is coming off at least two straight thousand yard seasons, if not three. He is fourth all time in program history in rushing yards. I think he's like 300 yards behind Jordan Todman. Obviously, Ronald Brown's still first, but he had a chance to move into the top three all time. They've given up. He has gotten less than five carries the last four, four straight games. You know, he's been one of their best running backs in school history. And they've moved on because they're they're just giving carries to a true freshman now who, and to be fair, has actually looks pretty good. But everyone, all the vets get out. All, they're just going all true freshmen. They have totally punted the season. They're preparing for next year. And it's proven what they're doing. And like you said, Griffin O'Connor is, you know, he's not a first-year starter because he didn't play in 2019 because they had a backup. But as a true freshman in 2018, their starter got hurt. Griffin O'Connor had to come in, finish the year. He won Ivy League freshman of the year. So they have experience. He, he is experienced, even though he hasn't really played in the last two years. Obviously, both these teams opted out of last season. Give me Yale. As Eric Matthews would call it, Yale. But give me Yale. I love the Bulldogs here. Back-to-back Bulldog picks, too. I mean, come for the Western Kentucky, you know, hot talk, all that uh, Bailey Zappi, lightning bolt, zing, 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 and stay for the deep cuts on Yale football. And, and really on Saturday, go ahead and make yourself a New Haven style pie. Get that little stinger in the middle of the pizza, maybe some spicy honey. Do whatever you got to do to get into the nutmeg flavor of the season. Happy that we're putting a bow on this round, Robin, with a Yale FCS ancient eight play. You get enough Frank Pepe's in you. You don't care who wins this game. All right, so to recap our picks quick, for the best bets, we are going with Western Kentucky, Old Dominion, over 67, and Ball State, Eastern Michigan, over 55 and a half. For our Moneyline Underdog Parlay, we are going with Kent State, plus 210. The Kent State Golden Flashes. You've got wow. to be kidding me. Now this is peak action. It is. 
peak action. An Air Force plus 170. The Air Force Falcons. And when you combine those, it pays out plus 735. And for the G5 high five round robin, we are going with San Diego State Moneyline minus 350. The San Diego State Aztecs. Yale plus seven and a half. Our students are highly entitled wusses. And handsome Dan the mascot. Akron plus 19 and a half. Zips. Minor Nation UTEP plus seven. Picks up. And Fresno State Moneyline minus 155. The Fresno State Bulldogs. All right, that is it for us this week on the Group of Five Deep Dive under the Big Bets on Campus banner. Really excited to put together another week of plays for you. And as a reminder, Thursday night into Friday morning, Stucky and Colin are discussing the entire slate, not just Yale versus UConn. I'm sure that they'll touch on that as well, but they're going all the way up to the number one team in the country. So be sure to catch them. And as always, next week, you can tune in for Sources with Brett McMurphy. We're just churning out content here at the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Happy to serve you. For Mike Ionello, I'm Mike Calabrese. This has been an Action Network production. Thanks so much.